0: Hey, everyone, Fraser here. Uh, so I'm putting in another interview with me into the podcast feed. This time I was interviewed by Simon Dan, who's of course, a very popular YouTuber takes on a lot of conspiracy theories. But we talked a little bit about that. But we also just talked a lot about just science communication and what's happening in space in general. And uh, they've got a pretty cool contest or competition uh, trivia contest where I have to try and figure out which is the real conspiracy theory, which is the fake one. And that's sort of near the end of the show. You'll you'll want to hear that part as well. So uh, if you want do a search for Simon Dan podcast, if you want to sign up, I'll put a link in the show notes of the podcast. But it was great fun. And it's a great podcast. And and Dan is a terrific science communicator and out there fighting the good fight uh, on on anti science conspiracies. All right, enjoy. (music)
1: Welcome, welcome to the Simon Dan podcast. Thanks very much for joining us. It's the place where science and conspiracy collide. This is episode fourteen. Uh, bit of bad news: Cats can't make it today. He's got some prior uh, prior engagements, so he's not going to make it. Uh, but that's okay. We'll get on. We always get on without him, don't we? Um, we were going to chat about some flat Earth news, but that's fine. We'll leave that. Uh, just a quick reminder to everyone before we start and bring on today's guest: uh, Check out the Simon Dan podcast channel as well. Uh, we hope often upload clips there and and the full podcast goes up there on a Monday as well so check that out uh but let's bring on today's guest today's guest is the creator of universe today website co-host of astronomy cast and the bringer of space news it's Fraser Kane. welcome and thank you for joining us how are you doing Good good thanks for having me Dan. Oh you're welcome you're welcome. So so how you been up busy lately? Up to, up
0: to you're always busy aren't you? <laughs> well, I'm always busy but yeah absolutely. Last week was just madness. It was crazy. Kidding? I mean yeah. what a week. We'll, we'll uh, get into that and I guess I mean for people who are are not sure what time is uh it was the week of the perseverance landing on Mars and it so was. we were Yeah. We were all over that.
1: Yeah. Yeah we'll, we'll touch on that in a bit but yeah it was it was I mean I was hooked. I was hooked for for hours. Um, but let, let's talk about Universe Today, because that's been going some time, hasn't it? Um, what, 22 years. Yeah, I, I saw that. But can you tell us a bit about how and why you created it? Yeah,
0: Sure. Uh, so I, I've always been into, into space. I mean, I bought a telescope when I was a kid. I organized star parties for the community that I grew up in. Uh, I watched the space shuttle the first space shuttle launch in 1981 with my father, I went and saw meteor showers. So my space cred is strong, but I sort of moved out of that and went into computer science for my education. I went into software, web design, et cetera. And so I was working in Vancouver, Canada, on a bunch of like big bank websites, working for uh, electricity companies and things like that. And I had a lot of crazy ideas about how websites should work. And I was kept pitching all of these ideas to my customers. And they didn't really feel like I knew what I was talking about because I kind of didn't. And so I said, <laughs> well, I'm just going to pick one of my hobbies at random that I really love and I'm going to develop a website on the side and then that's just what I'm going to do. Nice. And I sort of was looking through all my current hobbies, video games, mountain biking, et cetera. But the thing that had always been with me is space, and I wanted to learn more. And I happened to be reading Pale Blue Dot by Carl Sagan and The Case for Mars by Robert Zubrin. And those two books sort of really kind of collided in my mind about humanity's future and the role of astronomy and just the power of Thinking about the cosmos. And I'm like, I just, I want to know more about astronomy. And I also want to practice these crazy ideas that I have. So I just developed the universe today on the side. And this was 1999. And then it just turned into my life. Within a couple of months, I knew that this is all I was going to do for the rest of my life. And now it was just a matter of figuring out a way to extract myself from the corporate job and get into the proper science journalism, explaining, sharing the wonder of the universe job.
1: Well, you're very good at explaining. Your your videos are very digestible. Um, When did the YouTube thing come along? It was quite a bit later, wasn't it?
0: yeah, the, I, I think we started doing YouTube 2012, 2013, okay. I think, and this is after we had been doing podcasts with Astronomy Cast yeah. since 2000, and I'm going to say five, seven, seven, 2007, and then of course, I, so so when you sort of if you follow the chronology backwards, right, the first thing that I did was I learned how to write with universe today. And then 10 years in, I learned how to podcast with astronomy cast with Dr. Pamela gay. And then say six years after that, I tried to figure out how to do video. And so each one was this very incremental, very important step forward in sort of mastering all the different kinds of media. And, and now at this point, I'm sort of like a, a weak, player in all three realms
1: <laughs> it's a steep learning curve though isn't it when you when you first get into it i i've i found that
0: oh absolutely yeah we it was interesting and we went we went at it on the video side anyway in a very uh yeah It was a, it was a very intentional way where we made a video and then we came up with one improvement that we wanted to make. And then we made another video and then we came up with one improvement that we tried and we ditched the stuff that didn't work very well. And we kept the stuff that worked very well and we streamlined. And I think at this point, whatever, I'm 450 episodes into the guide to space, thousand plus live streams and QAs and things like that. And still sorting out what matters what doesn't matter just bought a new camera that i'm about to unleash on people so it's it's still this iterative process
1: yeah absolutely uh talking to the q a's actually one of the first times that i realized i had some sort of influence was the time that you contacted me asking to respond to a question for a q a video
0: Dave, you're bigger than me. Come on. I'm riding your uh, coattails today.
1: <laughs> I genuinely wasn't expecting it, honestly. And it was also the first time that I learned of Dr. Becky, because she was on the same episode as me yeah. of that QA and, we, and she's been on the podcast and uh, fantastic. Um, but on those Q and A's, do you ever get anything that stumps you like genuinely?
0: At this point, I don't get anything that stumps me in that, in that I don't, that I haven't heard it before. I haven't heard the question, some version, some flavor of the question before. It's very rare. And in fact, it's the ones that are a very nuanced take on something that I've heard many times before is the ones that I gravitate towards because I'm I'm always running this virtual simulation of every question I've ever answered in whatever, 250 QAs in various forms across everything that we've done. And so I'm like, okay, I imagine that everyone has listened to every single one of them. And so like, oh, come on, you know, we answered how the sun works 150 episodes ago. So I don't need to go into that, but how does this other thing? So, so, but I mean, at the same time, I'm not an astrophysicist, I'm not an astronomer, I am a science journalist. And so, and so I am a really fancy parrot who can synthesize what I've learned from talking to thousands of astronauts, astronomers, other people who are actually doing the work yeah yeah and the only reason I'm able to speak somewhat intelligently is because I've done it a lot and every time I make a mistake I get my wrist slapped and and now I just try to make as few mistakes as possible
1: yeah I could definitely relate to that I'm very much like that I'm not I have no uh higher level of education in terms of the things that I talk about but I'm very much like I read a lot uh, I can, I can remember stuff and I try and cut out mistakes. It's very similar. And it, it's quite funny what you say about, like we said, people obviously heard about the, how the sun has worked before. It, I get a little bit like that with flat earth arguments. So yeah, I've done one. So how can I spruce this argument up a bit and change it a little bit? And, and it's really getting to the point now where, uh, I, yeah. I, I, it's, I'm, I'm struggling. I'm, I, I don't know
0: how you, I don't know how you keep going. Well, I mean, they keep appearing. So I mean, maybe, maybe so. Yeah. But, but like for me, like, like even talking about things like the Fermi paradox and, yeah. and, and extraterrestrial life and Dyson spheres and fairly speculative concepts like that is very boring to me now. <laughs> um, and yet if you go back and you listen to early episodes of astronomy cast, I'm just like coming at it with just wonder of like, what? Yeah. These things are ideas that are possible. Could we do this? And Pamela as, as the sort of, She's the more senior person in this process. She's—you yeah. can hear her. She's already gone through this phase as well. And so, I think for for both of us, it's this—it's this journey that we're taking people on. That they show up at the door filled with this wide-eyed enthusiasm for for a future ten thousand years from now, where we're skipping across the cosmos in our warp drives, or in your case, like just baffled that people don't believe that the Earth is a sphere. Yeah, and and we. We guide them through that process, but we also take them to a place of of true wonder where we're right at the cutting edge. Like what are the discoveries that were made today about the map of 25,000 black holes or the, a more accurate weight of Cygnus X1, which was the heaviest black hole or the first black hole ever discovered and so on and so forth. Yeah. That, that that is that will never run out of interesting insights and wonder, but you have to, you have to sort of take a person. And go, okay. Okay. but well, yeah We get it. Yeah. No, the idea that there could be incredible civilizations out there is, is wonderful, but there's so little data, but let me show you all of these other things that are, that are just as amazing and they are changing every day and you can be a part of it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I often do that. I often, I often, uh, I'll, I'll debunk a point and then I'll expand on it and talk about different things, which are of interest to me,
0: but um, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean just like like when you think about the GPS system that yeah. has to account for uh, Einstein's theory of relativity to be able to to work to give you the kind of accuracy that you do that that these satellites as they dip in and out and around in the earth's gravitational well are having to account for both the velocity and the amount of gravity they're experiencing to stay accurate. I mean it's not just like yeah, the Earth is a sphere. But no, 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 no. No, like the, that, this is how good satellites are. And this is how it works. Yeah, right. I, I 100% agree with that.
1: Well, they're not very bloody good when I turn my watch on to go for a run. <laughs> it
0: takes about. They, they have to go to space. Come on.
1: <laughs> yeah, okay. I'll let them off. I'll let them off.
0: Your watch is talking um, to space. Yeah, I know.
1: I know. Um, uh, a survey in 2019 amongst Americans placed sending astronauts to the moon and Mars as lower priority. studying climate and monitoring asteroids does that surprise you
0: that result no it sounds like people are being very sensible i would agree yeah (laughs) i feel like i feel like i mean obviously there's no americans in the show right now so you know it's just it's just us no but god save the queen
1: unbelievably 35 of my of my viewers are american yeah i can't figure it out similar
0: yeah, no, they just haven't come to appreciate the queen. Long may she reign. Yes, um, but the, I know that doesn't surprise me. And I think that's a, that's a proper placement of of priorities. That I think the more we learn about the universe, the more we learn about the horrible, horrible places that are out there waiting for us to explore, the more we have to come to appreciate how wonderful our own planet is. That that mm. we just like, what were the chances we happen to end up on the best place in the universe? Yeah, of course. Obviously, it's because we evolved here mock yeah. step with the <laughs> environment that we find ourselves in. But still, yeah, I think the the priority absolutely has to be understanding our world. Now, the good news is that you can do both at the same time, that, yeah. that you launch a satellite. You learn to launch satellites, and what those satellites do is they help us map the Earth to the nth degree. They detect methane emissions coming out of pipes out in the middle of the Louisiana swamp that, that by... When you send people to space, the money gets spent here on Earth in improving our scientific understanding of the world around us. So it's a twofer.
1: Yeah. What did surprise me about that survey actually was that 33% of people thought that it wasn't essential that NASA were involved. Hmm. That did surprise me a bit.
0: I I mean, I think that, you know, if I was in charge of NASA, uh, which... Can never happen, um, you know. Canadian Space Agency, I'm I'm ready, uh, but I think everyone's ready for that one. <laughs> <laughs> what the world, what the world needs more is more arms, more robotic arms. <laughs> that that the role that NASA plays is that NASA is out at the bleeding edge, taking really complicated technologies with an uncertain outcome that we don't know if these things are going to work. Ion engines, solar sails. Yeah nuclear propulsion systems space radiation hardening refueling in space all of the all of the things that no private company would ever want to touch with a ten-foot pole and then removes risk and uncertainty to the point that other people can pick these things up and start to work on them and so i i don't have any like any sort of need for it to be NASA astronauts or, or government astronauts or, or that it to be a state run thing that puts human beings on another world. I think that, that we need to maintain what's been defined in the outer space treaty in terms of like, you can't own it, et cetera. Yeah. But, but I do think that NASA needs to get out of the building rockets business a lot sooner than they have. Okay. I think that that the delays with the space launch system compared to the rapid advance that's happened even with just like the the core SpaceX Falcon yeah. and Falcon Heavy just demonstrates that 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 uncertainty, NASA's job in removing uncertainty and risk in rocket flight has been solved just in the same way that they buy their trucks from some car company. Uh, And where they need to go is, is solving uncertainty. I just want to give you one example, which is like on the Starlink satellites, they have a Krypton ion engine that helps them maintain their altitude. Okay. NASA developed the ion engine like, like, 40 years ago and then they they kept trying to figure out a way to do it it wasn't finally till a spacecraft called deep space one that they finally implemented an ion engine in space and it was it was a revolutionary way to fly around the solar system they then implemented them in tons of other spacecraft the all the japanese ones the hayabusa's the um the dawn mission which was able to visit two separate asteroids they use this ion engine technology and now there's various versions that scale up and now you're seeing it in a commercial operation you can go to the store the ion engine store and you can buy an ion engine that is nasa doing its job it develops a revolutionary propulsion system removes the risk to the point that a commercial provider can use it and then and then gets out of the way and goes and solves some other thorny complicated possibly unsolvable problem because nobody else will
1: yeah um it's funny you mentioned at the start about the space shuttle you said you watched the first space shuttle launch um and i grew up loving the space shuttle it's was, it was just like the perfect age for me and uh amy shirer you know amy amy shirer she came on and and basically ripped my childhood apart and said that the space shuttle's rubbish, basically. <laughs> yeah, yeah. She's not
0: wrong. No. She's I've not come wrong. come to realise. Space shuttle is, is the, the most beautiful, well-engineered, high-performance piece of human ingenuity that should have never been built.
1: Yeah, yeah. I've definitely come to realise. But, like, a childhood it was just like, oh, space shuttle's amazing. It's yeah. like, but
0: ruined yeah, it for no, me. No, it's... No, it, it I mean, it's... It, as we saw, it's horribly dangerous. Yes. It was... Yeah, yeah. It, it, it had all kinds of problems. It was... It was trying to... Fulfilled way too many masters, and it wasn't sure. able to do any yeah. of them really well. So no, it was a, it was the, it was terrible. And yet, I mean, just like the people who did the job, the like the RS twenty five engine. I, I always go on about this. The engines that that you know the the three big main shuttle engines on the back of the orbiter yeah. are are easily the most beautiful rocket engines ever made. They're like the one of the highest performance rockets ever built by humanity. And they've kept those engines, the RS-25s, they're going on the space launch system. There's going to have four of them. But unlike the space shuttle, which brought them safely back to Earth for refurbishing, they're going to be ditching these things four at a time into the ocean to be destroyed. It's heartbreaking. What a waste. Yeah.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, But one thing they do do well is uh, last week, so I, like many others, sat with bated breath uh, for the Perseverance rover to land on Mars. Uh, I was hooked if this is a success could we finally find some evidence for some sort of life on mars
0: yeah i mean the search for life on mars has been has been a difficult one and i think our experience with the the discovery or the the search for life on mars so far should inform you about how this is going to work into the future which is that the evidence is going to be inconclusive when the viking landers landed back in 1978 right they were two of them were equipped separately so you've got redundancy with an experiment and they they scooped up a little bit of soil and they put it into a into a little container and they fed it liquid and nutrients and they off-gassed in a way that made the researchers think there was life going on inside that bacteria. And then other scientists said, no, 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 that's yeah. that's a natural thing that you would expect. And yet they, you know, they repeated the experiment, you know, by having two spacecraft, like really good science being done. And then you think about the Allen Hills meteorite that landed here on Earth, where there was there was a magnetite, Crystals inside that that could only have been created by life, and yet other people think they were perfectly natural processes. We saw the phosphine on Venus. Mm. So I think that when we have evidence of something on Mars that's really interesting, it's still not going to be conclusive. Like, unless it's a skeleton. Yeah. (laughs) Someone said, like, unless there's like a, someone said if there's like a hedgehog shows up and waves to the camera, then that's evidence of life on Mars. But you're going to get things that are, Possible life on Mars, possible past life structures that could be formed by life, but we're really not going to get a conclusive answer until there's humans there, there's samples being returned, that a case is being made in sort of the same way that that evolution. I mean, people still argue over evolution. I'm sure these (laughs) are the videos you deal with, and 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 there could not be a more ironclad system of facts that we know of, and yet. People argue about it, and so you will see the same thing. It's just it's a case that gets made bit by bit, piece by piece, over long periods of time. And there, and and if you extend that idea to think about what's it going to be like to tr- try to know conclusively that there's life out in the universe, I mean, we are around the corner from having the kinds of technology that will allow us to say say sniff the atmosphere of a yeah. world that is a hundred light years away to see if there's air pollution or excess amounts of oxygen etc. but it's going to be inconclusive like look how people argued about phosphine on venus yeah. that's going to be the argument a thousand times over forever and so i think we're going to live in this gray area is there life on mars maybe we don't know we're not yeah. sure for a long long time we're uh, not going to get this overnight answer
1: yeah how do you stand on the on that uh on the life on mars versus potential life on the galilean moons because there there is a great potential there isn't there in the in the sub
0: yeah yeah, yeah. so i mean the right the, so the galilean moons and and enceladus at saturn are like the perfect places for life you yeah. we know that these these ice moons have large amounts of liquid water under this shell of ice that that the the gases that have been emanating from the geysers on these on enceladus for example we know that there's hydrogen mixed in with the water there on on Enceladus. And so that tells us that there is there's there's a source of energy, some kind of volcanism that's going on, that there's liquid water and of course everywhere on earth that we find water like everywhere we find liquid water, we find life. Yeah. And there's food for life in the in the form of this this hydrogen that's in the that's mixed in with the water. So every piece that you would require to have life is there perfectly matched all together ready to go. While Mars the case is a lot more difficult that you've got you know yeah. maybe there's going to be liquid water deep underground but it's going to have like the amounts of salinity in it mixed in that it actually could be toxic to life like mm. like everywhere we find life on earth every sorry every find where we find water here on earth we find life except where there's too much salt then we don't and that might be the condition that's there on mars so on the one hand it's very intriguing and on the other hand there's a lot of reasons why there might not be very good chances for there being life on mars but the but the whole quest to find life on Mars was started first yeah and and before people really started to build this compelling case that there could be something really interesting going on at, at Europa and Enceladus. there were just hints as the as the vast armada of Mars rovers were being developed and engineered and put into rockets. So we're seeing this delay. There's no plans to send a mission to Enceladus, which is probably the most interesting place in the solar system to go right now. Yeah. There is the Europa Clipper, which is going to be heading like 2035 to Europa. So so we're going to have to wait a while for that case to get built up. So until then, Mars is like our best hope to, to do a quick find of life. Yeah.
1: Do you ever see the videos... Of the people who who are inspecting pictures of Mars with the rocks, and they're saying that this rock is like a an old monument or something like that. Yeah, they, they fascinate me. Those people because they they I don't know why. It's, it's I just don't understand. They they th- well oh, yeah. One guy honestly thought. You I mean you you said about a skeleton. One guy thought there was a skeleton sitting on the surface of Mars. And yeah. These are, these are rover <laughs> pictures.
0: Yeah, yeah. And I mean, the wonderful thing about NASA is so funny. People always say like, oh, you know, like why does NASA keep all their pictures secret? And you're like, are you kidding me? (laughs) Like every single picture that's (laughs) ever been taken by every NASA spacecraft is freely available on the internet. They dump them out there as fast as you can. And you can literally bathe in millions of images from Cassini if you want. You can look at the rings from every single angle and the same thing can go for the images of coming from the, like, not just, like, one camera. Like, I think, what is it? Perseverance has is, is got, like, dozens oh, of cameras so on much already Each one it? Yeah. is sending pictures home. Yeah. And so with millions of images being dropped and being made publicly available, anyone can go and look through the images, and eventually they're going to see a thing that looks like a thing yeah. that they recognize. Yeah. Like, wait a minute, that's a pair of dice. Wait a minute, that's a <laughs> telephone. And they're just going to see what they something, something is going to look, you know, that idea of periodelia. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That
0: are, you know, we, we have brains designed to see things, mostly tigers hiding in the forest. Yeah. So we see what we need to see and, and that's what's going on. And like, and so the only way, like, because we know that if, if planetary scientists, if, if astrobiologists actually were seeing or believe that they were looking at a skeleton, they would be freaking oh, out, well, and, yeah. it would be and there crazy would be event. like you saw phosphine on Venus. Yeah. You know, potential biosignature on Venus. It was wall to wall coverage, and it ended up being pretty well disputed at this point. If someone said, "Oh yeah, we see a fossil on Mars," like it would be gigantic, and so the only way that they can rationalize that is to then layer on top of that some kind of conspiracy theory. Yeah,
1: yeah. Uh, the, That's what what I think. What annoys me most is they build. A channel and a following by just doing that mm-hmm. like look at pictures and some of them will have 10 20 thousand yeah. followers it's I'll just it baffles me
0: oh i mean it's been b- like bigger 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 uh, in the olden days um back when we started this the, it was planet x yeah and, like literally we've been battling planet x for 20 years now at this point uh with nibiru and all that kind of stuff and and people would have following gigantic followings on the internet on youtube yeah. later on for for 2012 do you remember 2012 yeah and we were just like nope 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 it's not real nope nope and they like we're still here nope that's not real and and you do get tired of of sort of dismantling those theories but it is important to to maintain that drumbeat and yeah. to sort of keep inoculating future generations from falling into these traps because we saw what happened if you follow that line of thinking too far with the qAnon you know with conspiracy theories and qAnon and things yeah. like that like like Absolutely. you let people spew unsubstantiated speculation at you for hours every day and and if you don't have a really good uh, as Carl Sagan said baloney detector kit then then they're eventually going to crack you and pull you into the maelstrom so i uh i think it's like i hate it i hate having to do it yeah because it's literally like i'm having to talk about unicorns when i want to talk about horses right like like it's just like it's not real people like like what kind of ice cream do unicorns like to eat (laughs) they're not real it doesn't matter (laughs) Right, so um I want to talk about the things that are real, the things that have interesting evidence. But we have to, because it clearly pollutes, yeah, people's w- connection to science and and vaccination and all this kind of stuff. That's really important. And so it's it's I'm always really I'm a while you seem to take glee in it. I am always a an unwelcome participant. I'm yeah, sort of dragged bit, in begrudgingly yeah. to to sort this out because, because I know it's important. I know it's really important.
1: Yeah. I mean, you're, you're absolutely right. And, and, uh, and myself and cats as well, we, we regularly get messages from people saying, you know, you've helped us, you've pulled us out of the hole and things like that. Yeah.
0: Oh, and that's uh, like, that's so great that you, that you've got those, those two to show that the work that you're doing is, is important. Yeah,
1: it is worth it. Um, right, so this would normally be the point in the show where we have, we've we've come up with a new segment called Cat's Curiosity. So, Cats would normally bring something to us from the world of science uh, that he's interested in over the over the week, last week, and when we discuss it, but obviously Cats isn't here. So, next week, keep an eye out for that. Cat's Curiosity. We'll we'll, we'll, we'll do a bit of that. Uh, but in terms of what we, as we discuss what Cats and I do, um, have you had much experience with anti-space people? Oh, yeah. On your channel. Okay. Like death threats. Are you kidding? Of really? Course. Wow. Because yeah, like, yeah. obviously you're a big proponent of, of space and, and, and That's space for, travel. I for space. Yeah. Yes. And, and we see them all the time. I mean, I mean Flat Earth and Space and I are tied quite to... So you get quite a lot come to the channel.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. It used to be like the vast majority, especially when I've done things like Apollo missions. Yeah. And how the Earth's magnetosphere works and, and that kind of stuff. And I think you... Like, like I've done stuff that I had no idea that it was going to drive people crazy. Like, why does the moon shine? Like, I, you know, I talk about why the moon is reflected light from the sun and what the oh, real yeah. color that if you could see the moon regolith, it would look like, like asphalt. Um, and yet for some reason, this was a, some kind of conspiracy theory that I inadvertently stumbled into. I'm like, why are all these people calling me a lizard person, conspiracy devil? Yeah, they won't like that I be stuff. Ha- and that I should be hanged. Like yeah. what? Wait, what? I'm just talking about the moon and yeah. the sunlight. They uh, they they think it happens less now. Yeah, yeah,
1: they think the moon the moon's light is cold. Uh, because right. they'll yeah, they'll leave a glass of water in direct moonlight and it will right. be slightly lower temperature. And...
0: Yeah, I mean to their credit, YouTube has done a great job recently of cracking down yes. on the on the on just like promoting conspiracy theories. Cause literally that's what YouTube was doing. It wasn't just that they were letting conspiracy theories sit on their channel that they were, they were actively pushing it like, Oh, so you, you like science, huh? You like space. Do you, well, here's some space information that'll really get you going down the rabbit hole for the next three weeks. And, and like, I was so mad for a while there. Um, You know, you kind of deflect it and just don't, and just don't think about it. And you just don't, like, we just, I just, we just banned it. We just like, if you want to come up and have this conversation on my channel, then, then we're not interested. Yeah. But, and it's gotten so much better that we, now we just talk about space. And now that the, now that the people who were just into this just because of the conspiracy theories are gone and they've moved on to something, some other fresh target. And now we can just talk about the wonder and, yeah. amazing universe yeah um
1: who, who do you think's responsible then for the and i'm i don't think i'm exaggerating when i say tens of thousands of people who doubt that space is real or that NASA tens, of, who, tens of millions yeah yeah well exactly yeah there's there's a lot there's a lot yeah. but who, so who yeah it's not who, who do you who think is responsible for that I'm, like i'm talking pre pre-youtube probably pre okay because i was going to say
0: youtube yeah
1: before that because yeah, like i mean I, the ideas like that've been there
0: like I think the current level of wild conspiracy theory rests pretty firmly on social media. Yeah, at this point. Okay. Uh, yeah, that think would be you know, my. Yeah. So, so where did it go? I mean, before you always had cranks. Mm. You always had people who would stand on the street corner, but the problem was that they had to get their leaflet into your hand. Yeah. And so they always had an uphill battle. That I wasn't going to publish the rants on my website, and I get, I get. Emails every day, uh, you know. I used to I used to collect them. Now it, I sort of I just delete them. <laughs> but he's you know I used to be like, "Here's my plan for a warp drive." I'm just like, giggle. I, I make um, content. I make content from the. the well, I see the, that's exactly that it. That so you, you make content <laughs> and I just delete it. Yeah, yeah. exactly. You know, um, that's and that's why I think your your role is so important because I can't I can't do it. Yeah. I can't. Yeah. I can't. I just want to. I just. Like, I want to make sure that we set the record straight. So, so before that you had, you had to, people had like, it was very much like, like a virus. Like how well could your virus spread to other people? Yeah. How well could you, and so if you, if you got like a super spreader event, like a Fox news documentary about how the moon landings were fake then you got a then you got a rise that we then felt the repercussions of for years afterwards until it eventually went away um but but the rise of social media the rise of youtube the rise of things like that just created a non-stop party it was just like everybody was everybody was in a small enclosed space just brimming with with the rona and uh <laughs> and just spreading it all over the place yeah so so i think that in the before social media times it wasn't bad it was manageable yeah we could deal with it when it started to like a lot of people started to spread stories and stuff on the web just on just on websites etc but again you had to be sort of searching for it you had to be looking for it you had to be on a discussion forum and, and so on but but once social media focused its energy on on keeping people addicted to their platforms then not only was it being made available it was being pushed and that's what changed everything i've got and a bit of a th- now
1: a bit of a theory about it so there's a, there's a you're right there's a few that have got two three hundred thousand subscribers these anti-space conspiracy people yeah. and uh, as you probably know youtube are really big on watch time so that the it's not Views are a kind of up there, but watch time is a big thing because it keeps them on YouTube longer. And these conspiracy people, they normally do two, three, four, five hour long videos. Mm-hmm. And if they have enough of their followers watch the entirety of that, it's just going to get pushed and pushed and pushed and
0: pushed. Oh and yeah, pushed. and I, you would see plenty of examples where they would you you'd see them manipulating the algorithm yeah. where they were they were doing things like they would have a video and they would just change the date. They would they just have like a six hour video that just had vague stuff in it pictures of space pictures of quotes pictures from the bible etc and then they would just change the date and they'd go into the world october 25th 2020 and then they would and 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 i would the way i would find out was because there was whatever was the new movement people would be like what do you think is going to happen on you know are we going to see the great shift on december 21st 2020 i'm like no nope (laughs) So, so yeah, I think that, that it is, there is some kind of monetization that's happening. These people are making a lot of money by manipulating the YouTube algorithm and some of them believe it. Some of them don't, and they're doing very well for themselves. And so they're incentivized to keep doing it. And YouTube is incentivized to help them while at the same time incentivized to stop them. Yeah. And you see this tension where yeah. YouTube is on the one hand, and I've absolutely seen a drop in in nonsense being shoved into my feed, but you also see it pop, popping up in other places. And so it's just like it's got to be just this nonstop battle, you know? And yeah. then like on the one hand, YouTube is like this is making people mad and confused and dumb, but it's also making us a lot of money. So, so that that's going to be this just this constant battle that they're going to be going through.
1: Yeah. Well, Katz and I are of the opinion that it's it's probably in the region of seventy eight to eighty percent that don't believe the things they're saying in order to get that monetary.
0: Uh, that sounds. Uh, that sounds. Inter- that sounds reasonable to me. Yeah. Um, we, we do it think would there's be, a lot. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it would just you would have to like you know, back in the 2012 thing where I got a lot of people writing some really nasty stuff. And, you know, that's, again, that's when you get your death threats. And yeah. I would love to go back to those people and go, okay, so you said all these things, including what should be done to me. Um, How do you feel about those things? Do yeah. you still hold true to those beliefs that you had? Like, oh man, I was just having fun. Yeah. Right. Well, I wasn't having fun. No. Right. We, I, you know, so maybe you were having fun or, you know, but maybe you're just profiting. Yeah. It's, I mean, and you know, for us, it's, it's, it's an annoyance for a lot of people. It hits them really core, like yeah. for, for other marginalized groups who, who again receive death threats, rape threats, like it's just, it, it's terrible. And, and you would think that, 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 if it was a really big priority you could you could see you could learn from what's happening in these realms and then apply that to the other realms like anti vaccination and, and 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 things like that yeah. where where it lives are being lost like literally people are going to die because of anti science behavior and and some of some of these kinds of channels and things like this like yeah. like how Many people need to die, is the question. Yeah, and I think that that's something that that has to be taken very seriously. And Absolutely. And I and I, I don't know what the answer is. I mean, I just like I know, like I, like I sincerely believe that that the social media companies feel, you can see the actions they take, the people they kick off their platform. Like they want to make this better, um, and then at the same time, it runs completely counter to the way they are uh, incentivized. And so yeah. it's really tough. Yeah to to balance that together and i but i i'm a lot more hopeful i think that than i think a lot of people are because i think for a lot of people they feel like this is that we've been in this forever we will always be in this it's never going to end that life will never be better and i totally disagree i think this is a solvable problem it will be solved either societally or technologically and we will come out the other side where 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 say the truth is important where science matters yeah. where and it and, and it's going to happen through people you know through regulation it's going to happen through people being just so angry that they just don't spend any time on these platforms anymore it's going to go with people self-policing and it's going to go with people just learning better so i think we're in a state of disruption that we're going to come out the other side of it yeah. like we always okay. do
1: couldn't, I couldn't agree more. I think you, you have to think like that, don't you, really? You kind of have to be the optimistic. I feel it already. I feel it. things yeah. are getting better already. Yeah, I think you're right. Um, right. We're soon hoping to have a moon landing denier on the podcast. It's the first time we'll ever have someone on who uh, disagrees with with our, our views. I want to get a few questions from experts. So what do you think? What should, what, a couple of questions I can ask this moon landing denier.
0: So I guess the, I mean, the problem is, is that the only way to make this conspiracy is to, is to expand the conspiracy to everybody. Okay. In other words, like when the Apollo rockets took off, there was everybody standing at the launch site watching the rocket took off. So there's definitely a rocket. Yeah. Um, there was whatever, 500,000 people who worked on it. So they're all part of it. But the enemies of the United States, the Russians, the Soviets at the time, and the Chinese were tracking the the progress of the spacecraft and congratulated them when they landed. So was the Soviet Union, the enemy of the United States, who had every reason to gain from their failure uh, in on it as well, as well as the Chinese, the Chinese who are you know definitely in conflict with the united states in terms of space exploration right now have multiple missions at the moon today are they a part of it they can image the surface of the moon and see the apollo landing sites they have dropped so are they a part of it too okay so great so you've got the entire soviet space system the entire chinese space system all part of it like like and all it took would would take would just be one person, yeah. to provide compelling evidence that that it that it actually uh, didn't happen to tear the whole thing apart. So, like that's where I w- that's the part that and they have to say obviously, right? Yeah. And so obviously, the, the, the only way that logically makes sense is if the Soviets and the Chinese are in on it. And if the Soviets and the Chinese are in on it, then what else are they in on? Then they're, they're all part of a gla- a vast global cartel you know vast global conspiracy that that is wide-ranging and can do anything it's magic yeah so that's
1: perfect i'm gonna i'm gonna mention that uh, it tied in quite nicely with uh, we had a guy called michael butter on the podcast he's like a conspiracy expert and he referenced a mathematician who uh, figured out that due to the amount of people involved in the apollo missions that it would take approximately four years for the secret to come out um if it was indeed fake uh, right. And obviously using the mathematics, you could figure out if there's less people involved, it'll take longer and, and stuff like this. So I'm going to tie that with what you're saying and I'll put that to
0: him and we'll see what yeah. he says. I mean, right now, we've the lunar reconnaissance orbiter at the moon right now is taking pictures of the landers, the landing yeah. sites, and can see the footsteps of the moon. Well, you could say that's being fake. Okay, fine. But the Japanese did it too. Japanese had a had a mission at the moon that took pictures Um, and the Chinese are in the process of mapping the moon as well like the Soviets landed on the moon after the with a with a robotic lander yeah Uh, after the after the the Apollo missions ended so like just like where where does this conspiracy end who's in it who's involved and who's out because you can make the case that literally every country with a satellite dish. I mean the the Australians were retransmitting the data back from the Apollo landing. So everybody's involved. Yeah. And except for you. It's a great that, point. The-
1: Absolutely great point. I'm going to that's going to be up there for, for me. I mean he's got some images that he wants to show us. Um yeah. I don't know how that's going to work on the podcast, but uh, <laughs> uh he's got some arguments so we're going to address those and then we're going to tackle him with the questions. Uh cool. Right. It's time for guess the conspiracy. So, uh, Fraser, I've got to tell you, the guests are 8-4 down at the moment. Uh, so 8, eight, 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 four, eight four down? 8-4. So it's 8-4 to Katz and I. So basically, this is the part where Katz and I have come up with a fake conspiracy. Uh, okay. We're going to try and trick you because uh, you've got to select which conspiracy theory you think is real in that it's the one that people believe. The other <laughs> okay. two have been completely fabricated right. by, by myself. And no okay.
0: going to Snopes. Okay.
1: Yeah. Okay, so 8-4 down, you've got, you've got a bit of pressure on you because if you lose this, it, it's 9-4, right? Oof. Here we go. So, uh, number one, uh, the circle was designed deliberately so that pi was the exact number that within it contained a secret code that referenced passages in the Bible, which some people consider to be satanic. That's, that's conspiracy number one. Okay. <laughs> number two, elevation is a hoax and hills are not as high as we are told. That's conspiracy theory number two. Uh, And number three, elephant tusks contain an ingredient which when ingested allows you to see the matrix we live in. Oh, come on. That's number three. Uh, So there you're three. You're you're telling me that two of those are are real conspiracy theories and one of them isn't? Two were fabricated by myself and cats. One is a conspiracy that people do believe in and you have to pick the one which is real, a real conspiracy theory. Oh, the circle. You're going for the circle so yeah you you think there's people that think that the circle um... is
0: is demonic yeah okay
1: yeah. all right
0: final answer. yeah that's it that's my yeah. that's my final answer
1: <laughs> oh, done it again
0: if ca- oh, he's obviously not watching oh.
1: uh, but cats we've done it again buddy we've done it again it's nine four we're getting better at it um so uh cats came up with that one actually the circle one um I came up with the elephant tusk one the second one Elevation Hill? is a hoax is a real conspiracy theory that people genuinely believed. What? Yep. <laughs> but I- honestly, honestly, <sighs> the, the, I think the title of their video was elevation is a hoax. I think that was actually hmm. the title. So, so yeah, there we go. Um, the other two were, were, were made up. We're getting good at so, making them up. Yeah, you really are. You, um, you could use this power for great evil. I know. Yeah. People keep saying, like, soon or late, we're going to find one of these fake conspiracies out on YouTube and, and we'll be like, yeah.
0: damn it. That's it. That's <laughs> yeah. the one. Yeah. yeah. No. Yeah. Yeah. You're going to see your fake conspiracies finding real proponents out there. I know. I know. Don't, yeah. Whoever's listening, don't do it. Yeah. Don't. It's I know. Uh, in uh, ele- in sadness. Yeah.
1: Elephant tusks are, there's nothing in, in them that are bad. And also yeah. uh, the circle is, is a circle. You know, yeah. pies. If funnily enough, tomorrow, uh, when this comes out, it will be gone tomorrow. But on Tuesday, I've got a guy who I'm, who I'm looking at who's trying to debunk pi, hmm. as in the number pi. So it's it's quite, quite, quite clever.
0: Well, so hold on a second. So if he makes the claim that there's in any way some kind of de demonism involved satanic connection to pi then you need to return my uh, uh that's loan. fair if he does if okay. he says
1: that i will return the point yeah, okay yeah, all right I will. but uh uh yeah you'll be waiting a while <laughs> <laughs> anyway fraser thanks thanks so much for joining us it's been an absolute pleasure a pleasure chatting with you um where can we find you we can find you on um you're, you're on twitter you know aren't you?
0: Yeah. Universe yep. Today on on all the things. Um, I think the thing that I'm most proud of is the weekly email newsletter that I write. It's yes. like a magazine that goes out every Friday containing 20 to 30 interesting stories that I'm keeping my eye on with Universe Today. And... Like if there was like if if all sources of news were stripped away from you, you could rely on this one thing. So if you go to universetoday.com slash newsletter, you can sign up for that and it's free. No ads. I write it by hand every week. Perfect. It's a monster. Good stuff. yeah,
1: we'll we'll get all the links for that in the in the description as well. Uh, thank you very much. Next week, uh, we have got uh, Emma Kennedy on, who's a coral reef scientist, and we're gonna chat with her about climate change and stuff like that. So it should be fun. Uh, but for now we're done. Thank you very much, and see you soon.